Let's go on an adventure through multi-level marketing. Let's go on an adventure with Jess. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to Jess Unfiltered. I'm your host, Jess, obviously, and today this is going to be a follow-up from my MLM store experience. If you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and listen to that. Otherwise, you might be kind of confused on what's going on. So quick recap in case you listened to part one a long time ago when I published it three days ago or so. Basically, I'm in a store that sells a variety of different things. I rented out a shelving unit for $300 and the lady who runs the store is a paparazzi consultant. She's also renting out shelving units, not only to myself, but to a Tupperware consultant, an Avon consultant, and yeah. So anyway, with that, let's get started. So today is November 30th, 2021, and today was my last day in the store. Yesterday, however, because the store is like 45 minutes to an hour away, depending on traffic, I decided to just go after work yesterday because remember, I have the square login to this store. So I was already logged in from when I created my product listing in there. And I looked at my sales for Monday and I was like, you know what? I haven't sold anything all day. I don't have anything going on after work today. I'm just going to go over there and pick up my inventory a day early because why not? I mean, the point of me leaving it there for another 24 hours, chances are I'm not going to sell anything. And and if I do, I may only sell, you know, $5 worth, in which case is it really worth it for me to go out of my way tomorrow when I could just, you know, go today. So yesterday, the day before the 30th of November, I went and picked up all of my crap, all of my stickers. And when I walked into the store, I went in, I would say around 6 p.m. And the store closes at 8, but the mall actually closes at 9. So let me back up for a sec. Every single day, the store is technically supposed to close at 9, but they actually close it at 8 and they pay a penalty fee to the mall for closing early, which is about $100 a day. And they do that because apparently there's just not a lot of traffic and a lot of the other larger stores, like the anchor stores like Dillard's, etc., tend to close at eight o'clock. So Dillard's can afford a $100 penalty fee, whereas some of the smaller shops, it hits them a little bit harder. So anyway, store was closing at eight. I went in with my brother and there was a lady behind the counter who I did not recognize. She was an older woman. We'll just call her, I don't know, Mary? No. Yeah, we'll call her Mary. Mary's kind of a, a a name that... No, no, let's not call her Mary. It doesn't really fit her personality. Let's call her Betty. She looks like a Betty. So Betty is behind the counter and I'm like, hello, my name's Jessica. This is my booth. I sell the stickers. I just wanted to let you know I'm going to be taking down all of my items because... Last time I was in there, I was adding more inventory and kind of rearranging my my display. And and there was this lady, this Avon consultant, who <laughs> she was like, what are you doing over there? Because she thought I was like trying to steal stickers, I think. And I was like, oh, I, I'm the vendor. Or she, she realized I was the vendor. So anyway, I wanted to let Betty know ahead of time. I was like, hey, I'm the vendor. I'm just coming to pick up all my stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't think I've met you before. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm Jessica. Uh, yeah. And that was about it. And Betty goes, oh yeah, I'm I'm Betty and I sell all of this 
stuff over here in the corner that is actually homemade. And and she kind of made it a point to me that her stuff in the store, she actually made it by hand. And I, and I kind of appreciated that because I was like, yeah, <laughs> it kind of seems like a lot of things in the store are either, uh, you know, drop shipping items that, you know, people are ordering off AliExpress or they're, you know, I, I, I didn't say MLMs, but like, you know, I kind of implied MLMs. And Betty was like, yeah, I actually hand make all of my stuff. And, and she just seemed kind of like irritated that other people didn't have handmade stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I hand make my stickers too. I, I make them all in house. Most of the designs I, you know, design them myself, the majority of them. And, and, you know, we just talked for a few minutes and, and I got the vibe that she was kind of anti MLM and a little bit disappointed that there were MLMs in the store along with the items that people were ordering off of, you know, AliExpress and Alibaba. So her and I get to talking and I, I start taking down all my stickers and my brother's there and, and he's helping me bag up all my stickers. And she starts talking about how she's pulling out of the store too. She goes, oh yeah, you know, you're, you're pulling out. I, she's like, I, this is my last month. This is the only month that I have ever broken even in the store. And I was like, Huh? <laughs> because this is month by month rent. And I paid for the month of November. I paid $300. And I asked before I, you know, signed up to do this, I asked the lady, uh, Becky, in charge. I was like, is this, you know, if, if I decide to do it for December, you know, am I, am I like bound to that? Do I have to pay you or can I back out? And she's like, you can back out at any point. Once you pay, you know, you, you, it's month by month. So, once I got to the point that I realized I wasn't going to break even, I just decided I'm not going to do December and I'm going to do craft fairs instead. And if those don't work out, I have my Etsy shop, which is doing fine right now. So really not a big deal. This woman, Betty, was like, yeah, I've been doing this for about a year off and on. And this is the only month that I've ever broken even. And no offense to Betty, she's a very nice woman and I have a lot of respect for her craft and the fact that she's sewing handmade items. But I'm like, in my head, I, I can't help but think like, what kind of business owner are you if you are continually taking a loss for a year by staying in the shop when you are bound to no contract whatsoever? It just, it, it just blew my mind. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. But it sounds like what had happened because Betty goes, yeah, Becky, the store owner, I know Betty and Becky sound similar. Becky, she goes, Becky asked me to come back because I had left and I wasn't going to do November, December, but then Becky asked me to come back because she needed, you know, people to fill her store. And so I agreed to, but now I'm pulling out because I haven't made money. So it kind of sounds like Becky was trying to influence Betty to come back. I really should have picked different names. Anyway, so when I was talking to Betty, the older woman who hand sews crafts, she was talking about that and and I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, she she's charging me quite a bit for my shelving unit and um, I just feel... Like, I mean, same, like I, I'm not really even going to break even this month. So that's why I've decided to just immediately pull out after one month. And I told her how much I paid and she goes, I think you're getting ripped off because other people in the store who 
are renting that exact same shelf or not paying as much as you. And I was like, interesting, interesting. Now, here's the thing. I understand from Becky's perspective, the store, you know, owner kind of person. I understand that like, if you, maybe what happened is she had a deal earlier in the year, like, oh, if you started renting in, you know, March or April, or were an early tenant and early adopter, you got a better price. Whereas me, I just started renting this last month. So she had very limited space left so she could sell for a higher value, you know, because there's, there's less supply. And so like, I understand I'm not mad about the fact that I'm being charged more. It really, I mean, from a business perspective, like, honestly, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. I know it's not like, quote unquote, fair. But with my photography, people who were early adopters of my my real estate photography type of business, like they're getting a better price than people who I take on as new clients because the people who trusted me to take photo, trusted a new photographer to take photos, like, you know, I kind of gave them an introductory price and I've just held on to that because they use me frequently and they were also people who trusted me when I was very early in my career. So I have not raised the prices on them, but for new clients that I take on, I do charge usually like 20 bucks more because, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that's not fair, but, but I think it kind of is. It's, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, it's, it's how some people run their businesses. So anyway, whenever she was like, I think you're getting ripped off, like other people aren't paying that much, you know, I was just, I was kind of like, well, that kind of sucks. But at the same time, like, I don't know, I get it. I can't, I can't say I don't do that with my photography and with taking on new clients. So anyway, it's one of those things. And uh, she goes, yeah, you know, usually people are paying like a hundred ish, ish less than you are. And it does irk me a little bit because we do have to work in the store. So, and, and, and here's where, here's where it's kind of a gray area. So the lady in charge of the store, Becky, she rents out the shelving units and subleases them. And she also sets the schedule and she may, she's the one who, who takes on the responsibility for the store and signs the contract with the mall and says, you know, I will follow these rules. I will have somebody working at the store. I will keep it open these hours, blah, blah, blah. She's the one who manages the money and the funds and disperses it. And, you know, she does all that back end work. And so I would expect her in a, in a sort of shared collaborative space like that to take some of the profit I guess, from people renting shelves. So what Betty, the older woman, insinuated was that Becky was taking more money for herself, which I don't know. Again, I kind of understand it because it's like, well, you're the one doing all the, the behind the scenes management and that takes a lot of time and effort and you're supplying, you know, the bags. And and so is it really fair that I that I have to pay a little more? Maybe, maybe not. I'm beating a dead horse. Okay. Moving on. So when I was talking to Betty, she was not very happy with the way that the store was running. She was kind of trash talking Becky and she was just saying things like, oh yeah, so-and-so is pulling out of this store too and this tenant, you know. So 
It seems like the store is just very poorly managed from Becky's perspective. She's just not doing a very great job. And like I said, she's not very professional. She scares me a little bit. She's just very like, I don't know how to explain it. She's just not somebody who you would ever want to run a business. Like she does, she will point blank tell you she has no people skills and it is 100% the truth. But it's weird because it's like, wouldn't you at least try a little bit? Like if you're trying to make a living selling paparazzi or if you're trying to make a living subleasing a store and you want to take commission for, for the work that you do behind the scenes, okay, whatever. But like, don't you think that you would try a little bit to get along with other people? So let's pause the Betty story for a minute, the older woman that I was speaking with when I went to pick up my stickers, and let's talk about Becky, the store owner, for a second. So I'm in this, like, group chat with all of the subleasers, tenants in this store, and Becky had made a post. So Becky also sells, like, wax warmers in the store, And I guess a customer had broken one of her wax warmers. And so one of the people who were, somebody was like working a shift in the store when this happened. So they picked up the wax warmer, the broken glass, and they put it aside and they put a little note that said careful broken glass. And they sent a picture to the group chat, you know, just to warn people that there was broken glass. And so this was Becky's wax warmer and just a language warning if you have, you know, kids in the car or whatever. Becky replies back, people need to be paying for my shit when they break it like that. Go put a sign up. This has happened multiple times. Now keep in mind, Becky is there pretty much every day because she is the one who occupies the most floor space. She is the one who runs the entire store. She's the one who has the lease with the mall. And I just found like that was just very, it it was just very unprofessional. It's like, okay, first of all, this is your display. And Becky has told us, us subleasers multiple times that we are responsible for our own booths. We're responsible for, you know, our own signage and putting up our inventory. And if we want to run a sale, we are responsible for putting it in square. We are 100% responsible for our stuff. And so the fact that Becky is cussing in this group chat and she's the one in charge and she's just being very like rude about it. It's like, Becky, this is your booth. If, If this has happened multiple times, put a sign up. Like you put a sign up on your own booth because if it was the other way around, if it was me and basically, I don't know if I said yet, she wanted the sign to say, you break it, you buy it. That was the kind of sign that she wanted. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Like I understand that. But if that's what you want, like you're responsible for putting that up. That's the pressure and that's the expectation that you have on us. So, (laughs) you know, why, why, why are you wanting us to make that for you. I don't know. It just, it really kind of struck a chord with me. And, and obviously, like, I didn't say anything. Like, I am just not a confrontational person whatsoever. And Becky is the complete and total opposite of me. So I want no part of that. But I'm just sitting back looking at my phone. Like, that was kind of rude. Like, this tenant of yours, a subleaser, basically someone like me who's renting a booth is just telling you that you have broken glass and you're like cussing and it just, it it was just weird, 
you know? It's just, like, weird. It's, like, why would you act like that? So, anyway, it's just stuff like that. Becky will literally do stuff like that all the time. If she's working a shift with someone, like, Becky was working a shift with, I don't know if I said this in episode one, but Becky was working a shift with this woman named Darcy, and Darcy talks a lot. She likes to follow me around the store when I work with her, and so Becky made this passive-aggressive post in the group chat in front of everyone, and she's like, I... Today at work, I noticed that people were following customers around the store and that is unacceptable and it makes them uncomfortable and you need to not do that. And she didn't call out Darcy directly, but we all know who she was talking about. And it's just like very aggressive slash passive aggressive behavior that I feel like is just totally unacceptable from the woman running the store. It's like you are a grown ass woman and you're acting like, you, you shouldn't be acting like that. Like, if you have a problem with Darcy following customers around the store, like, Darcy is a little bit awkward and very, like, nerdy. And, like, that's just kind of how Darcy acts. And I understand if you think that that's, like, not acceptable behavior to, like, act like that. But maybe just pull Darcy aside nicely and be like, hey, Darcy, listen, I feel like some of the customers might be a little bit uncomfortable when we follow them around the store. So, uh, you know, let's not do that anymore. And uh, if you if you have any issues, you know, just let me know. Like, be nice about it. Don't blast Darcy in the group chat in front of everyone because Darcy is literally such a nice person. Like, yes, Darcy is quite annoying. And yes, Darcy nerds. And when I say she's nerdy, I mean, like, she nerds out about the things that she is selling in that store, which is like, crystals and rocks and whatnot. I don't mean like a video game nerd. She just like, she'll always wear like geology rock shirts and she just gets excited to talk about it. She wants to talk about it with people. So if they're walking through the store, she'll try to talk about her crystals and her rocks with them. And in general, it's pretty harmless, but are people going to get a little bit perturbed by being followed? Yeah, probably. So not a bad idea to have a conversation with her, but it's just the way that Becky handles every single thing in that store. It just is so, it, it's just such a red flag to me that she is the one in charge. Like she is not a people person as she will tell you. So why, why is she in charge of all these people, right? So that was a big reason why I just really, that, that was another reason why I didn't want to stay for December. Our group chat can get kind of weird at times. Becky will talk about going out and getting drunk. She'll talk, she'll send, you know, photos of her in her Halloween costume and like, I don't know, like it's just, it's strange, I guess. Like it's not, it's just not what I expected. I guess I expected this store to be handled a little more professionally, especially considering I'm paying so much money like to, to like, be in it. I mean, $300 isn't a ton, but I mean, that's a good chunk of change for a shelf, you know, and and there's no contracts, there's no instructions. The lady running it is just incredibly unprofessional. You know, after a certain point, I'm just like, even, even if I had made money this month, hypothetically, even if I had made money, I probably would not have rented it for December just based on the way that the woman in charge acts. Because the way that Becky acts, I just, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. So yeah, those two instances that I that I spoke about, her calling out Darcy in the group chat, and then also her making a comment about the broken glass and how we need to put up a sign for her on her booth. Like, those are just two of many reoccurring incidents. It's like always something. So 
Let's go back to yesterday when I was talking to Betty. And Betty and I were talking and Betty was kind of trash talking the store. She didn't really say anything too bad or too juicy or anything, but she kind of just, the vibe that I got was she was tired of being in the store and not making any money and the way that things were handled and and managed by Becky. She didn't really like that. She was kind of tired of Becky's attitude. She's like, yeah, I just ignore Becky. Like, you know, cause, cause Becky gets pissed off and, and whatnot all the time. So anyway, Betty was just tired of that. She was, she thought probably like myself, it would be more of like a craft type of environment and less MLM-like, and less, uh, less Alibaba-like. So I get all my stickers packed up, and, and you know, it was kind of refreshing to talk to her, because she basically, Be- Betty, basically reassured everything that I was thinking, and all the reasons I was pulling out. It sounded like that's why she was pulling out as well. And I thought, you know what, this woman gets me. You know, she gets me. She'd probably be a fan of my podcast, so I'm like, all right, Betty, um, you know, it was nice to meet you. Um, you know, I got all my stuff packed up, so I'm going to go. But, but you know, it was really good to meet you. And I shit y'all not. I shit y'all not. As I was walking out of the store, she goes, oh, Jessica, if you're ever interested, here, take this. She hands me a pamphlet. And she goes, I'm a damsel and defense consultant. So um, if you ever need any defense products, just let me know. And I was like, my, my heart just, it just cracked. I was like, oh, here I was thinking we were on the same wavelength. Nope, we were not. Oh boy. So, so that happened. And then I just, I took the pamphlet and I should I sh- I should make podcast business cards or or YouTube business cards, and I should hand those out to people who hand me, you know, these MLM pamphlets. That's a great idea. But anyway, I took the pamphlet and I was just like, "Thank you," with obviously no intention to buy anything. And she goes, "Have a very merry Christmas," and I was like, "You too." And then I left. And so now, sitting in front of me, I have. The 2020 annual damsel in defense lookbook. And I have Betty's name on the back with her consultant number and her personal phone number. She's a very nice woman, but my gosh, I was just not expecting that. I, it blew me over. I was like, you know, I felt like I was vibing with her that we were sick of being in a store with MLMs. Here she is an MLM consultant on the side. The fact that she is selling handmade crafted, you know, sewn goods. I have so much respect for that. And then she just, she broke my heart by, by handing me this. I was like, no, I thought, I thought I made one friend here. No, I did not, obviously. So let's just take a look at this pamphlet real quick. I don't want to make this episode too long. It says strength in your story, strength in numbers. The very first page talks about who we are. And then there's a giant photo of probably two or 3,000 women at a conference. And yeah. And then it says making a difference. We are changing statistics and giving back to the many amazing partner organizations below that are making a difference in the lives of those who have been assaulted. As we continue to grow, our hearts and eyes are wide open for where God will take us next and how much we can do together. And then there's a damsel in defense choice charity 
And then it says Deuteronomy 16, 17. So <clears throat> really quick, um, I've said this many a times, but I am a Christian. I do not like it when people weaponize God to use him as a way to push their multi-level marketing companies. Okay, let's just get that clear right now. You can be a Christian and be against MLMs. Honestly, I, I would think that Jesus would be against predatory business practices personally, or, or really anything that's predatory. Let's just, let's just make a blanket statement. Jesus is against anything bad. So anything predatory. All right. So yeah, there's a choice charity. Um, there's also a wipe every tear charity, women's and children's alliance and rain rape abuse and incest national network. So yeah, I don't know much about these other charities and organizations. There's a good chance that there's nothing, you know, sketchy or shady about them. I don't, I don't know anything about them, but I also don't, I, I would, I would like them to not have any affiliation with any kind of MLM personally. Okay. So the next page says one in five women are survivors of rape and it says change the statistics with damsel. <clears throat> this is quite disgusting. Honestly, the fact that they would be using the, the fact that they would be using rape statistics, women's rape statistics as a way to sell a product, which you can honestly argue that there's a lot of marketing out there outside of multi-level marketing that is unethical, but that's a story for another day. So then it talks about Damsel House Cambodia and Damsel House India, national effort, global impact. It says the Damsel House project began in 2015 with a vision to adopt a safe house in every country possible as the company grows. Damsel in Defense has now adopted homes in both Cambodia and India where girls rescued from sex trafficking are housed and given a full, a plan full of hope free from selling their body. So in and, of, in and of itself, this is fantastic, assuming that they are doing it ethically. Again, a lot of assumption here. I don't know much about it apart from this pamphlet. I also hope that when it says that these women are given a plan full of hope, what I, what I suspect is happening, and I have no proof of this, so this is just a suspicion. Take it with a grain of salt. But imagine if, and I and I would not put, the, put it past this MLM, I wouldn't put it past any MLM. Imagine if Damsel in Distress was helping women escape sex trafficking, putting them in these safe houses, and then turning them into Damsel in Distress consultants so that they can sell it to other women who have a high chance of being raped. How messed up would that be? How messed up would that be? That would be very messed up. I have no proof of that. I will do research and I will try to get back to you guys. So this pamphlet's pretty long. I'm going to make it a separate episode. Um, I guess that'll be the next one that I publish is the Damsel in <laughs> the the 2020 Damsel in Defense lookbook that I received for free, free of charge. I mean, it's good podcast content, so I'm glad I took it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I don't have any further updates from this store. I don't think that I will because I am not in it anymore, thankfully. So... With that, thank y'all so much for listening. I appreciate it. Be sure to check check tech. <laughs> check me out on Twitter at unfiltered underscore Jess and check me out on Instagram at Jess Unfiltered Pod. My YouTube as Jess Unfiltered. 
And yeah, that's about it. Bye.